0: and welcome to What's Wrong With Wolfie. My name is Jason.
1: And I'm Rich. And I'm Chris.
0: And today is Afterlife, The Aftermath. And at the top of the show, as always, I'd like to give a really big shout out to our supporters, Andrew and Tristian. Thank you so much, guys. You are amazing. And if you would like to do the same as those two, you can do so. By joining the Wolfie Club, where you can join a monthly membership or just give a one-off donation to the show, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Wolfie Pod to see all the options. Uh, as you just heard in the title sequence, Afterlife, the aftermath. What's that all about? Well, we're we're actually doing a uh, a spoiler cast, so uh, and this one's all about Ghostbusters Afterlife. So if you haven't seen this film, this is your spoiler warning right now. We are going deep into big spoilers, and boy, there are some spoilers to be had from this film, so this is your warning. If you'd like to hear them, uh, and you haven't seen the film, then please sit down and uh, join us as we talk all about Ghostbusters Afterlife. But before we do any of that, I have that question to ask, the one on the tip of everyone's tongue, the one that's put everyone on the edge of their seat, it is, of course... What's in your glass, Rich?
2: Oh, uh, this week <laughs> I've got... Um, it's from Top Rope Brewing. It's uh, basically a wrestling-themed brewer. Um, and it's... Sorry, what?
0: A, a wrestling?
2: Yeah, all their beers are based on uh, wrestling. Uh, oh, okay. Either wrestlers or wrestling events. Ooh. Yeah, Top Rope, they're called. Um, okay. And I'm drinking a Cold Stone Cream Austin. And it's uh, ice cream pale <laughs> oh. ale. And what? it is... Yeah, lovely. Very, very nice. 4.6%. Four, <laughs> 4, 4. Um... And it is a IPA, and it is made with vegan ice cream, using vanilla, mandarina, Bavaria and Cascade hops. Wow. Yeah, so,
0: got a nice vanilla taste to it. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and there's no uh, Steve Austin in there, hopefully. No. Oh, I do not Say Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, uh, okay. What... What what rating would you give this this little baby?
2: I'm gonna give it a nice sort of nine point one, I think.
0: Nice, beautiful. Yeah.
2: It's very nice.
0: It sounds nice. I, it's I'm a nice change from a
2: stout as well. This time of yes. year, I should be drinking exclusively dark beers, but yep. I'm uh, on an IPA. All things going so. fails rails,
0: indeed. Um, and and do this? Do they just do like uh, up to date wrestlers, or or would, do they go back to like? Our, our time with like the Bushwhackers or or the Undertaker. Or oh, stuff it's all like
2: that. classic stuff as well. Um, oh, okay, I'm going on this site now. I'll have a quick look at some of the um, highlights. Ooh, please. God Bear with me. There's a mango IPA called Papa Mango, which is genius. <laughs> uh, absolutely genius. Uh, probably my favourite name of their beer. Shandy Savage. The what Sammy? Uh, sh- it's a sh- Shandy Savage. <laughs> Shandy Savage. Which <laughs> is <just> pretty well I love way too much at that. I'm not sure that I'm... It's quality, it's quality. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, it's not much on their side at the moment. I mean, yeah, quite disappointing. Surprise. Hmm.
0: Well, uh, why don't you give that place where you got that from a plug, and then we shall move on.
2: Shall. Yep, go to um You can find all their store on there and various merchandise. And yeah, it's um good stuff.
0: Beautiful. And if anyone's listening from that website, then uh, we are always open for uh, sponsorship. Thank you very much. So, um on, on to the main topic of the podcast, and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. And this is a 2021, unfortunately, American Supernatural comedy film directed by Jason Reitman, who co-wrote the screenplay with Jill Keenan, There's film stars Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, what an amazing surname, by the way. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) McKenna McKenna Grace, Paul Rudd, Logan Kim, and Celeste O'Connor. Well, with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, and Sigourney Weaver as they reprised their roles from the original films. It is last one coming.
3: (laughs) No, no one is. (laughs) Nobody saw that. Continue. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, is the sequel to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, both directed by Reitman's father, Ivan, and the fourth film in the Ghostbusters franchise, set 32 years after the events of Ghostbusters 2, a single mother and her two children move to a small town in Oklahoma where they discover their connection to the Ghostbusters and their grandfather's secret legacy. Let, let me, Let's just start right from the beginning, I think, and... What were your feelings uh, sitting in that cinema waiting for the film to start? How how worried were you? You know, would you?
2: I wasn't worried. I was just oh, very yeah. fidgety with excitement, yeah. and even when we got to like the BBFC uh, rating sure. you know, screen, I was just grinning from ear to ear. And yeah. then and then the Columbia logo hit, <laughs> and <laughs> that music kicked in, and uh-huh. yeah, I was just. Big, stupid, dumb, grin on yeah, my face. Exactly the
1: same. It's one of those things that you sort of like, you think, oh, they're making a third Ghostbusters. When are we are going to see it? Covid hits, you know, oh my God. Mm. Everything's delayed for like 18 months, you know, Christ. And then you finally get to see it and you sit there and you, you've got your popcorn and you've got your drink and the cinema atmosphere is buzzing. And like Rich said, like the trailer stops, then the screen widens. And then you hear that opening music sting, which is like, Ethereal to Ghostbusters fans, <laughs> and you are just like, holy shit, here we go! But mm-hmm. like, it's that weird mid-range of like excitement and also intrigue as to what they've done, and also you are slightly worried that you you've been waiting so long, yeah, for the sequel, let alone the delays due to a pandemic, exactly, and it it bloats your expectations, yeah. Uh, quite a lot And we've had bad experiences With that in the past yep. Indiana mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah Indiana Jones 4 You know it, It's It just got like And It just paid off Really really well yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. the first The first 15 minutes I was just like What the f- What is happening <laughs> <That> <laughs> What
3: the was, hell <laughs>
2: I was so many Emotions With that opening Because obviously They did a good Really good job of that That actor <laughs> yeah. They used as a double for um, Egon
1: that was um, uh,
2: Ivan Reitman it was actually, holy yep. shit it was yep that's nice that was, that was nice. Ivan
1: Reitman playing uh, the double in the opening 10 minutes that's and also he was really the double nice. playing he was the body double playing Ghost Egon for the mocap stuff for the finale with McKenna <laughs> Grace there are wow. beautiful shots on set of him and McKenna Grace standing there and she's got like the neutrino wand and stuff and it's just a beautiful little vignette on, I think it's on Instagram, and I think it might be on one of their Twitters as well.
2: But, I've been filming that scene, but yeah, there's the, the emotions I had going because I'm still unpacking the fact that I'm watching like the opening for a new Ghostbusters movie. That's like yeah. canonical. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing what is clearly older Egon, and then you get to the point where you essentially watch his demise. Yeah. And which was like really powerful because. As we all know, Howard Remus isn't with us. So there was a real it was definitely more powerful because of the fact he's left us and yeah. it didn't sit uncomfortably with me, I'm sure for some people there must be I, like oh sod dad on I, don't I was to gonna say die. exactly
1: the same as you because I was I was I went in f- like fully spotted free and yeah. um <laughs> the first thing you think yeah. of is right, Howard Remus has been dead for what, five? Six, seven years maybe? I can't yeah, remember exactly. Like yeah. And um you think to yourself, right, here comes the trope. They're going to kill him off screen like a decade ago. And then they're going to run with that. But the massive set of balls that Reitman Senior <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Jason had to not only show us it, but also place it literally a week or two before the events yeah. That took some bollocks to do yeah. <laughs> and do it convincingly and so well at the same time. It was just mind-blowing. <laughs> it's
3: just-
0: mm. But you, you mentioned there, Chris, earlier about, you know, we've had to wait so long, not just for the delays from, from the COVID pandemic, but the fact that we've had to wait 32 years for this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for, a, for a true sequel to Ghostbusters 2. It's
1: a classic case of development hell. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Let's been put it that, mildly.
0: And, it, and it's been mostly because of Bill Murray, probably hasn't it? Yeah, he has been. Uh, I think he, I think he's not, not really been that interested in returning, or or didn't no, really like the scripts that were written. I
1: think it's also a because obviously famously him and Harold fell out, and yeah. Yeah. Yes, Ghostbusters. And that Ghostbusters. Well, yeah. I think Ghostbusters caused a. Think a massive mental health decline for Bill Murray, if I remember rightly, where he took a break from acting for like five years mm-hmm. and didn't turn up until the late 80s in projects here and there. And it affected him greatly because he went from barely known on sketch comedy to all of a sudden movie star overnight, like what well, they all did, didn't they? Mm. And I think, yeah, I think Bill just had that disconnect with it yeah. like for, for decades. And... I was very surprised I managed to get him in the studio to voice everyone's favourite spiritual Ghostbusters free the video game.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> um, think that took some persuading as well, though, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that was a stunning piece of art, that video game.
0: Yeah. And, he, he
2: definitely drifted in and out of giving a shit just in that, though. Like, there were so many oh, yeah. lines that were mumbled yeah. and, like, I couldn't even yeah. hear. <laughs> I
3: was yeah. like, what, what? There's and even... Then- there's
1: even was it one famous cutscene in that game or one stage of the game where you're in the firehouse and Venkman's asleep on the couch in his office? Yeah. And it's like, wow, you can feel Bill Murray's negative energy coming <laughs> straight off that screen.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah so, Bill Murray's just been a bit of a... Yeah.
0: Um, apparently in the early 1990s, following the recent of Ghostbusters 2, Dan Eckroyd wrote a script for a third film. Attentively uh, titled Ghostbusters 3 Hellbent. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of the characters transported to an alternative un- universe version of Manhattan called Manhelton, where the people. Oh, m-
1: Dan Ackroyd. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my- why you needed help from Howard Ramis in the first place. <laughs> Uh, drinking
0: way too
2: much Crystal Skull Vodka. <laughs> so. okay.
0: uh, where the where the people and places are hellish versions of Earth, with the Ghostbusters meeting and confronting the devil. At the time, Ackroyd stated that the studio was interested, though the principal actors, especially Bill Murray, were not. It featured a new, younger group of Ghostbusters, while Ray, Egon and Winston struggled to keep the business going upon Peter's relationship becoming serious with Dana. Part of this concept was used in Ghostbusters the video game, which Agcroyd would go on to claim was essentially the third third movie. At one point, the new Ghostbusters team were rumoured to be played by... Ready?
2: uh, Hit me with it. Yeah.
0: Chris Farley.
2: Okay, yeah. Chris Rock. No.
0: And Ben Stiller.
2: No. (laughs) That's... No, you
1: know when you know when. <laughs> you know if we've said this on many casts before, like when films are lightning in a bottle moments where the chemistry works, and it's regardless of how bad it can be, the chemistry sells it and makes you buzz. That cast list is the most abrasive chemistry <laughs> of free comics yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> you just know that that was just not gonna just.
2: Ben Stiller is the ultimate example of someone that is not as talented as their parents. Like, no. he's just, yeah, he's all he,
0: right in a comedy film, isn't he? But he doesn't deserve a career. Like, <laughs>
2: Let's all face it. Look at Jerry awful. Stiller. Jerry Stiller
1: made yeah. King of King of Queens watchable. <laughs> just to see Jerry Stiller's crotchety old bastard of a man who lived in the basement. <laughs> and Leah
2: Remini, common now, Chris. Oh Hang yeah, up. Leah
1: Remini. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin James again, like Ben Stiller. I got a lot of lot like, yeah, you know, kind of a lot of respect for him started in you know humble beginning anywhere else, but
2: but yeah like king of queens that was, that was going on <laughs> With like it's 5 just, minutes uh, it's, so it's a, like it's a
1: nice se- it's a nice segue from that to Joe Stiller, but like you know it's setting yeah.
2: the theme I'm to get weary.
1: My back I'm is getting weary. tight.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know the
3: rest. I'm heading of home on
1: the Queensborough Bridge tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh,
3: fuck, amazing fucking do. show! Amazing.
0: Um, but basically, I think what I'm trying to get at is that has this film Afterlife been worth the 32-year wait?
2: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I'm. It's hard. It it feels hard to say why because that amount of time has passed. There's so many different ways you could have conceptualised it, whether it's in your head or your heart, how it could have been. But I think what it did, how it did it, it didn't try to just be another Ghostbusters film. It was very, as was much more, um, at times, more straight-laced kind of, of an indie piece. Very... You know, serious at times, touching. It was, it played more on the emotions. It was very, you know, obviously very, very, very reverent, which is everything Ghostbusters is not. <laughs> so I appreciate it did that. It, and it, I think it did it in the right, the right way. Cause I think so much now, everything is turned into, um, I find pop culture in general now is just, it's almost like the Funko pop, um, trarization of, um, pop culture, like everything now, has to play to old fans. It's all about references. It's all about you know. Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this film, you could say it's guilty of yeah, doing that I in mean, places
0: that th- they put. They put a lot. They put a lot of like they Easter did. eggs and mm-hmm. references and music, and there was a lot of nostalgia power in this film, wasn't there?
2: Yeah. But you had some really nice. Um, small touches as well. You've got the one where, like, you know, Finn Wolfhard, who I cannot remember his character's name. He's kind of Trevor. He was kind of, I think he was the one more forgettable piece in that
1: more, I think it was just such a neutral character and performance. It was, like, almost two-dimensional. Where you look at McKenna yeah. Grace and you look at the uh, actually Play podcast, they're Chemistry is electric. It comes on weird, that screen. Weird. It's f- about podcasts. Yeah. It's just Whoa. like... We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah Finn Wolfhard just seems to get lost in the mix as...
0: He started classic- a car. That's about all he yeah. did in the film. Oh, it's a yeah.
1: classic awkward teenager has a crush on someone who's a bit, you know, wayward. And it's just like... Yeah. It works. Yes, you need to sell that on a, on a storytelling level, but... Yeah. Just sitting there thinking about it now, I was like, yeah, actually... <laughs>
0: But do you think that um, the, his kind of like storyline in the film was a little bit rushed? In a way, just, like, I don't know, like one minute he's working at the restaurant trying to uh, get the attention of Lucky and, yeah. um, you know, it seemed like really at the beginning of, of just trying to get her attention and like, you know, show her that he's got feelings for her or whatever. And then within what feels like 10 minutes, he's yeah. in the back of the truck going up to the mine and they're having like a deep conversation.
2: Yeah, it was it's, like, there was like scenes missing. They just yeah, kind
1: a of choppy. It's, uh, it's one of those things that you sit there after about an hour or so, you think to yourself, I could have edited that out. I reckon the film would have worked so much better if McKenna Grace was an own child.
0: Do you think so? Yeah. Do you yeah. think like, Trevor because could be it's I, like the, the person in the middle of the mum and, and... Yeah, the, I
1: think that Trevor was a necessary balance for the to the family dynamic but I think ultimately it would have worked so much better if she was an only awkward genius child
0: but if she was an only child how was how, how, who would drive the car
1: well yeah, you can you can you yeah, <laughs> I don't, know I don't know Jason I don't know <laughs> I, but I just think like as good as Finn Wolfhard was and as good as it all knitted together I just think it would just I think it'd just be more powerful if she was just an only child well, yeah, man- that her mum moved her to this middle of nowhere and then she found out this history from the teacher but I mean it was obviously only it was literally set up so you could have this next generation of Ghostbusters team
0: yeah but do you literally think, to
1: have a brother and a sister and a friend and,
0: and a couple of friends but do you think um, like maybe if we get a sequel which I'm very um, uh, which I think will happen I mean do you think that maybe they'll use that second film to flesh out Trevor a little bit more maybe give him a, just something a bit just something more that he was missing from the first film I
1: don't know it's one of those age old things of something becoming too bloated as perfect as a film can be it can become too bloated when you have too many characters and you've only got two hours to smash in all of their plot points it can just become too too bloated and I think the little actor who played podcast overshadowed Finn Wolfhard so Mm -hmm. much hello everyone uh I'm Logan Kim, and I play podcast in the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie.
0: Why do people call you podcast? Oh, I call myself podcast because of my podcast.
3: I got so into it, I started making my own. This time, I'm upping it a level. Hello,
1: McKenna. I'm doing a
3: podcast thing, and I was wondering if you wanted to participate. Podcasts
2: don't have cameras.
3: What is your favorite gadget? I really like the PKE meter, you know, the, like, goes out, goes out, goes out, Whenever you find a ghost, <laughs> and then... Zap yeah, mode. The takes I like that. Oh, hello, Celeste.
1: Do you like fighting ghosts? I do. Very cool. And that's all the time we have today. Um, where's Finn? Hey, Finn. Oh, hey, Logan. Who do you play in the movie? I play Trevor. He's really into cars That's and... great. So... Have you taken your driver's test? Twice, I failed.
3: Level down.
1: This is Logan Kim signing off. Ready,
3: PG thirteen.
1: I'm going to give you driving lessons. And that kid had no acting experience. He Not, had potential. <laughs> he was a potential
2: to be like that one kid we didn't know about going in, and you kind of thought, yeah. "Oh, is he going to be the annoying one?" And he was so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I just want to say now because I, I I imagine you guys got this from him straight away. See, he didn't have the connective tissue like Phoebe did to like Egon, but mm-hmm. Podcast channelled so much um Stance Aykroyd energy. Yeah. Like there's the bit when he goes like, I'll get my stuff and he runs off to go get his equipment. And I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. Like, he even had like it's, the Ray run, that manic like excited <laughs> yeah. energy. I was like, it's No the, way. It's, it's
1: the child like, it's the childlike thing that Dan Aykroyd captured perfectly yeah. as Ray it's the childlike wonder and the energy and excitement over just the simplest of things.
2: And obviously and he was works. like the analog, he was the analog for, right? It was clear they were doing that. Potentially. Mm. I mean, they had the, uh, the but goggles
0: on and everything, but didn't he at he one point. And yeah, but he was the surprise of the, f- well, he was one of the surprises mm. of the film, mm-hmm. I think, because like you say, when he was first introduced, I mean, I knew nothing about this character or this actor being in the film. Obviously he wasn't shown in any of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you say, you you are worried that this is going to be the the annoying child character of, of, of this mm-hmm. film. But he he within I don't know, a minute or two mm-hmm. um just his like charm and personality and the way that they molded the character in the film and the way he acted it just just proved me wrong to, to instantly like him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um
0: and even in that scene where uh phoebe is uh put on the proton pack and she's uh takes out the gun to try and uh shoot the the jars i can't remember what they put out and then he whips out the microphone yeah <laughs> that's, that's just quite funny i thought <laughs>
1: but again it's it's one those classic or it's, it's a lampoon as well as it is a clever joke and also a, a hot like a a love letter to people like us and uh YouTubers and self-made journalists you know people honest people who do honest reviews on YouTube not these influence bastards <laughs> you know I'm talking about like literal honest people like I don't know if you guys follow a guy who does Ghostbusters news on YouTube yes guy with glasses I can never remember his actual name yeah I don't mean like me listen to great great yeah great content like literally like five six minute snippets of video and that's what I got from the character of podcast was that we're making a joke, but we're we're telling you guys, the fans, that like blogs and stuff, that do these videos, we love you. But it was just great because he didn't care. He didn't care what everyone at school thought of him for carrying a microphone and a recording and mm, survival yeah. gear in his backpack, you know, because <laughs> he was always out. And didn't, didn't I remember he gave himself that nickname as well?
2: He did, yeah.
1: And he didn't care about it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I think so what he of- should be like...
0: I think one of the other references from for, for podcast and Ray was uh at the end, wasn't it, when he got covered <laughs> yeah. in marshmallow?
2: it almost like it was the marshmallow, but it almost had that kind of vibe of Ray and um um Yanosh as well. Like yeah. when they're kind of like palling up at the end, obviously they were like covered in mood high slime on, and they high were kind on of,
1: positively charged slime. Yeah.
2: But the excitement they shared because they had a common <laughs> interest <laughs> yeah. and obviously Ray Turning out to be the one listener he had.
1: <laughs> the one was, subscriber,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, it really was, it was so sweet. I'm glad they had that scene because, yeah. like I said, it was clear they were trying to channel Ray with podcasts. So it was yeah. nice they actually had. I wouldn't surprise if if Aykroyd was very much instrumental in probably writing a lot of the stuff for podcasts. He probably mm. did put some, you know, cliff notes in there and.
1: Yeah, some like, uncredited. Yeah. Influences because obviously yeah. the Wrightmans aren't going to say no to Dan Aykroyd, are they? And
0: they're going to say, "Yeah, come on on." Yeah. Right. So, um, what did we, what did we think of McKenna Grace playing Phoebe then?
2: Absolutely uh, fantastic, amazing, 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 like absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
0: I think I think for a child actor, she um, she held that film perfectly because the film was obviously it it was about her really, yeah, um, and yeah. and her her experiences and journey. And she did such a wonderful job of just holding the film together and and portraying that character so beautifully. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the other big, one of the other biggest highlights for me coming out of that cinema. Yeah. Um, and thinking back, you know, and saying that that character and that actress were just amazing, both both just just great.
2: Yeah, she did such an amazing job of. Channeling um, How Ramis Like how Egon As a character Had that kind of He felt kind of At times Um Unapproachable Very Impersonal yeah. Impersonal The way he kind Closed of Closed
1: off and cold even Yeah Even though he wasn't
2: but. I mean they, they kind of Touched upon the fact As well didn't they? they They got Vibes From that film That there was a degree Maybe of Autism around her as well Because the way her mum Was talking to like Mr. Gruberson About how like the way she is and she doesn't have friends she doesn't mm. know how to emote or react or communicate with people and she doesn't know how to get through to her and i kind of got vibes from that so yeah. it was nice that they because it's actually the one scene where they encounter um uh what's the name of the one ghost now the one that's this slimer um substitute um muncha 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 and she even says about how like podcast says to her about aren't you scared and she said about how this is kind of like stimulation for me i was yeah. like okay yeah they're clearly i was diagnosing her watching that film it was like <laughs> it, they Mate, gave some complexities to a character and coming,
1: coming from me and i think jason one of your son, uh, children are autistic as well yes. aren't they yep. yeah coming from someone who has been tested numerous times mm-hmm. as a kid i relate to characters like that such yeah. as egon in ghostbusters and now Phoebe in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And there's only very few films that have got it bang on accurate. And this is one of them. And,
2: and Rain Man, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, and wow. those bus timetables. <laughs> um,
1: but it was, just, it was just so touchingly done. Like you said, Rich. She was channeling Harold Ramis, but she was also her own individual self. Yeah. And by the hairpiece they had on her as well to... Um, well both of the kids really to sort of show that they're from the same lineage as Hal Ramus. even they went to that detail it just plays so beautifully that you can do awkwardness and it can come off awkward but you can do yeah. awkwardness and it comes off beautifully natural this is what you get with McKenna Grace
2: yeah
1: and have you guys watched the b-roll footage at all
2: uh, i, no, I no, have yet.
1: not no. no yeah just hit up youtube and watch the b-roll footage mate that set looks so much fun it was just so electric mm. from just watching the b-roll footage of them screwing yeah, around be. between takes
0: i mean they had paul rudd there as well so you know yeah. i can't imagine it was a dull place to be oh but like
1: <laughs> you, know, you know you watch a film and everybody's eyes are happy yeah you feel that that lip from within feeling from all the actors And you get that from like a happy set and you get that from everything around them working perfectly well. And just, yeah, I just think McKenna Grace is fantastic. And I'd I'd love to see more deleted scenes from that set because the obviously, you know, (laughs) all Ghostbusters fans still waiting for your art book, (laughs) me included. Um, there's shots, I think they delayed it for spoiler reasons, apparently.
2: Huh. Yeah. which okay. doesn't
1: make which doesn't make any sense these days
2: film's out deal with it but yeah
1: you know, um, there's there's cut scenes where she, I think with her and podcast when they first fire up a proton pack and they're making popcorn in the cornfields
0: <laughs> very good nice have
1: you guys not have you guys not seen those pictures not at where all no, I don't know anything about no. that where, where have you been seriously <laughs> like <laughs> there's there's, fo- there's photos and I think video of them filming this scene where she's got the proton stream and the, the corn is popping. The ears of corn are popping okay, in the that's fields. Cool.
2: That's cool. Why did they and cut like, that out?
0: That's my question.
1: Yeah, but the picture that I saw on, there on Jason Reitman's Instagram, McKenna Grace is having a time of her life filming the scene. She's got no. a proton pack and there's popcorn flying everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> why was that let, taken out? Exactly. Why?
3: Yeah.
1: Instead, we've got them blasting cans. I want to see them make popcorn yeah. in field, a field. That's <laughs> not awesome use
0: Can can we just talk about that scene quickly while while we're on that subject? Um, Because I think this was the first part of the film that we, where the proton pack was fired up, wasn't it? Oh, sound. sound. And the close up that they gave that proton pack and like hearing the click and the sound of it whirring up was amazing. Like, just to see that in a 21st century style, you know. Oh uh, it was you know and hearing just the sound effects in the cinema was it was just amazing switch me on. Was it? The, oh, I assume it was the same for you two.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah undoubtedly. Yeah, it's so one of those sounds that I have. not We saw. I saw Ghostbusters two in the cinema. Yeah,
3: same.
1: No, Ghostbusters one wasn't it, Rich? We went to Canterbury one night for its anniversary. Um,
2: was that two I'm or probably, one? I'm I not sure, it, it was two. It was. Was two. it two? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's the only time I've heard that on a cinema screen. That sounds that that beautiful charge up sound. <laughs> Mm-hmm. the almost rattles your chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a
2: it's a beautiful sound. And
0: but I mean, they they, they just give it a, a word, didn't they? Yeah, of it spinning. Um, that I'd never really heard before. It was just amazing.
2: Again, because like a lot of the things, it, obviously, you know, in the original films, it, it's just a cool sound. And it's a mm. it's a cool sound. Yeah. Whereas now, you are giving it like a lot of things. You're giving it that reverence. You're giving it this real. You're celebrating it. So when it when it fires up on screen, you hear it, they are emphasizing the sound it makes because they, yeah. again, it is that kind of, it's grabbing you by the hand and it's saying, you know, Do you remember what this sounded like the yeah. first time? Now you get to hear it again. It's, uh, it's ah. Yeah. We're yeah. Oh, so, we're go so go weak in. and pathetic, but goddamn, <laughs> I was just tears <laughs> in my eyes during that scene. I was so
0: happy. I'm, I'm
1: going to give everyone a trigger warning right now. This is a tangent, tangent oh, mic uh-oh. warning.
0: Uh-oh. Tangent warning. Right.
1: Um, <laughs> it. <laughs> I've avoided lots of YouTube videos from people in the special effects industry because they've rec- when Ameri- when it was released in the US obviously their videos were then uploaded because obviously they can because it's not secret anymore. The, the way they recreated the props, they scanned and cast all the original proton packs. For Egon's one, they modified it as if Egon had been tinkering away with it for the past 20 odd years. So Egon's pack had additional bits added and they made it modular for the film. And Hasbro's luxury deluxe pack, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures of it.
2: Um, some pictures, yeah.
1: Yeah. Hasbro's very expensive proton pack and new wand is made, is made from Egon's prop pack and a prop pack that you see on Egon's workbench in the basement. Um, that. She's that she pulls apart is replicated in Hasbro's Proton Pack, including the insides.
3: Ooh, that's right.
1: Now, <laughs> this is where it gets even better. The insides were made fully mechanical, so McHenry Grace could actually physically interact with these moving parts of this Proton Pack. They made it look as physically, um, physically possible if it were, if it was to exist. They also put rotating weighted cam motors in the pack (laughs) and the wand.
2: Again, it's just... So the
1: actors could stand there, and I'm I'm all for physical props, but when you have a fully immersive prop that your actor can feel and interact with, Mm -hmm. it makes the audience believe it because it's happening, and their face is emoting the feeling because this stuff is really vibrating on their back and in their hands. Yeah, Yeah. So these so rotating nice. servos with these weighted cams on it and weights are vibrating their hands and their back. So they're literally fighting against a real physical force on set. <laughs> it, mate, Oh, it's just insane. Absolutely <laughs> I mean, insane.
0: But that's what makes the film <coughs> different to yes. a CGI, you know, plastic prop... Toy commercial, yeah. <laughs> ...kind of film. When, they, when you have the budget, I guess, and you have... Uh, the time and, yeah. and the and the wanting to to put that effort in, you 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 get rewards out of it. Yeah, it's exactly.
1: like it's like the, the remote control trap. That oh. could have been that could have been CG. In fact, most of it was CG. But that prop actually exists and was controlled offset by one of the prop people. Mm. It was a real thing.
3: Yeah, and it, it and it's more appreciated.
1: They had two or three different yeah. versions that they could have showed the doors opening and. It's just like, what the hell? The PKE meter that you see pimped up with like a taser. Now, you've heard me talk about Adam Savage before. If everyone's seen Mythbusters, you'd know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He has been friends with Jason Reitman for about 30 years, 25 years, since Jason was quite young and in doing independent films. Adam Savage started in the film industry. He then went on to Mythbusters. He made the Incan... Is it Incan or Death Whistles? No, the skull whistle that podcast plays into. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It was like a Mayan death whistle or something. Mayan
1: death whistle, that was it.
2: Yeah.
1: Adam Savage made those with one of his Mythbusters junior girls in his shop studio. He designed them, cast them, weathered them, numbered them, packed them, and delivered them to the set. And there's, he's been reviewing toys and he's been looking at props. He visited the set of Afterlife. And these are all coming out now, actually. He's releasing all these videos. When he went to the location and they got Egon's farmhouse and barn, everything built on set. And he's there walking around the set. Guys, you need to look at, you need to look that stuff up and just watch <laughs> that awesome. walkthrough. He walks awesome. through with Jason Reitman and the, and the production crew to the back traders to look at makeup and the props department. He walks around the rep, the house upstairs. Oh, mate, it's just watch those videos it's a real intimate insight into those props being physical. Again, mm-hmm. with the terror dogs being physical, they perfectly balance CG and practical. That's what works.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Not full CG. It just, it felt so real because most of it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, then that, then they, they <coughs> bring the benefits from it. Yeah. Um. Uh, as we've talked about some of the cast, we might as well finish the last couple, I guess, um, kerry coon playing kelly she did a a good job yeah
2: i got more from her than i actually expected i thought she was just going to be like kind of the mum in the background but she had some real funny lines in it Mm. yeah yeah like yeah i'll absolutely give her her do i think yeah she was
0: yeah i mean i think she played the 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 character well you know like you you could see the resentment that she had for her dad that yeah. was kind of harder we'll admit, and I think that's a I, theme that I know yeah. Chris
2: will touch upon yeah. more as well. I didn't, kind of like, you know, you feel quite protective of Egon as a <laughs> yeah. character, and how Ramis by association, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: it felt like think, it was harshing on him a bit. And I know it's not the it's film dunking of, on him, it's the characters that within it. But Yeah, yeah.
1: it's yeah. one of those narrative harsh. decisions that you just like, okay, I understand, yeah, Egon's kind of... Can be cold unintentionally and distant unintentionally, but it got so abrasive and repetitive throughout this two-hour runtime of this film that every time it was brought up, I found myself just rolling my eyes and just going, "Oh." <laughs> Mention it once or twice, and then when Ray said Egon Spengler gone spending right in and writing hell, I was like, "Whoa, whoa hang on a minute, <laughs> Jason, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing, Jason? What are you, what are you doing? They could, he could have gone about this in so much better way."
0: So to, do you think right. this is one of the biggest negatives of the film then? The way that they touched not upon so, that subject?
1: Not so much a negative, but it could have been handled a little bit tactfully, yeah. more, cool. maybe.
2: Because they, the way they kind of just did that, like the whole scene with Ray in the bookshop with the whole like info exp- yeah, exposition <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dump they did, and it was just like, because they kind of folded the whole resentment thing into that, it just felt like, oh, okay, this is where we're at, they hate him. It didn't. It lacked that tact. It didn't feel yeah. nuanced. It just felt
3: like
1: I. I they,
2: don't know. It was just jarring. They, to they hear, could have done it?
1: it in such a more tasteful way because it was. It wasn't that, like Rich said. They weren't going out to tarnish Harold's memory or legacy.
0: No, I mean that was clear by by by, by the ending of the film, wasn't it? You know, but
1: they by yeah, but by using by using his. Descent into madness, you could say, saying about the end of the world, you know, Old Testament type stuff. And then taking all the equipment and running to where the, um, uh, Shandor Mining Co is where they're obviously, you know, tapping into this interdimensional rift. I do get it, but there are so many ways you can go about it without pissing off thousands and millions of fans (laughs) by telling the audience, (laughs) yeah, by telling the audience that oh, uh, yeah, Egon Spengler was an arse and ran away with everything. But then when you when you see the payoff at the end, it's fine. Yeah. But when it became like every 10 minutes someone is bad-mouthing this person, you're like, it's enough now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is. Then mm. then the, I found myself getting cold against the actress who played um, Phoebe's mom, Egon's daughter, because I was just like, every line that came out of my mouth, every other scene, was about how shit Egon was as a dad and how absent mm-hmm. he was, and I'm just like, no, just sit there. He's like, that's it. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mention it once or twice and then move on.
0: But things like she's she's had this hang, hang up with him for for years upon years, and mm. it's obviously something that she's not been able to let go. Apparently, because yeah. she likes to bring <clears> it up in conversation.
1: And can I just say, we need more Annie pots, please. <laughs>
2: That was that really nicely.
1: Where are those deleted scenes? Apart from yeah, the post post credits scene.
2: That was really really nice how they did that. How like she was kind of like you know the conservator of like his estate. What he he had left,
1: taking everything and just looking after him and his
2: stuff. Basically, because that was something Janine would do. Obviously, him and her and Egon had you know chemistry. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. obviously they kind of got. Yeeted in Ghostbusters 2 Which yeah. pisses me off <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with that Still I resent Ivan Reitman for that I'm sorry But lo- Love You know I love Lewis But mm, Nah I I, sh- I ship Egon And uh, Janine so I think that whole Janine Lewis and, and,
1: and Janine thing Was that That trope of Let's get the two weirdos together
2: Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Now Don't get me wrong You watched Ghostbusters 1 Janine is a human character yeah, oh,
2: she turns into the cartoon version. I'm, so- I'm, so- I'm, so- <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, but Richard just said exactly what my brain was thinking. <laughs> you go from Ghostbusters one way, she's this strong, independent, cut through the shit, pe- New Yorker, basically. Like, and then in the next film, she is literally the embodiment of the cartoon version of Janine. It makes yeah. no sense. None whatsoever. And in this, she's back to the, the humanitarian kind of like mm-hmm. nice,
3: yeah, it's mother,
1: mothering you know deeply madly in love with Egon but would never admit it you know in, it's it's kind of nice mm. in fact I kind yeah. of hoped in some point in this film that like uh, the mother of this, the daughter of Egon would be her and Egon's daughter
2: yeah because when the that.
1: trailers came out I was like what are they what are they doing here I don't quite understand How they're going about this
2: mm, mm.
1: But I suppose that would have been Too obvious for them
2: And yeah It's that whole thing about You don't want to make yeah you, know, you don't want to make The universe too small I no. like it That no. he's just this Nameless, faceless Woman that he uh, mm. Shagged um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So wasn't, if it wasn't the toaster or you know the pot of mood slime then <laughs>
1: it's always the quiet
2: ones yeah, yeah always you the quiet ones hound. <laughs> you
1: hound <laughs> you aren't sleeping it, are you Ray? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dear and, and uh, <laughs> a quick a quick talk on uh, Paul Rudd uh, he, he was Paul Rudd I guess wasn't he so ha- handsome funny yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: love
2: Paul
0: Rudd always got time for Paul Rudd yeah, yeah. Um, honest and he, he did a great decent. job in this film before what he was there for Exactly.
2: I, I kind of, like, in my, in my heart of hearts, so I don't know if he wanted it, I did kind of want him to suit up. <laughs> I'm like yeah. Gonna lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, there yeah. Might, there's, there's bound to be some people <laughs> oh, yeah. footage He's, of him in the suit
1: and a proton sure pack. There has to be. Yeah, I'm sure well, yeah, at some it, when,
0: point in that filming, he put on a suit and a proton oh, pack. Well he had trap.
2: And he rubbed the trapping as oh, I always wanted to do this. I was like, yeah. "Oh!" My, my heart <laughs> yeah. sang. My heart <laughs> and sang it, about yeah. it because it was so yeah. genuine. It was so I, genuine. I did
0: love how he um, put on the uh, the dog horror film in the school so he could go back yeah. uh, into oh, his back what, room Was a
2: cujo. Wasn't it, yeah, that's yeah.
0: right. And then Chucky on uh, on the second <laughs> time, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: good good teacher.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that you was like definitely part the kids, of the curriculum.
1: Yeah, keep the, cra- the crappy village kids you know, occupied while he does some real science in the back, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing.
2: I uh, love that scene he shared with um, Phoebe as well, when he kind mm-hmm. of realises she's kind of like his equal, like she's smart as hell. And that was nice, their first yeah. like proper interaction.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, obviously one of his biggest scenes in the film was the one in Walmart where the um, the mini Stay Puff Marshmallow Men came to life. Yeah. Um. Do Do we feel that this scene was was a nice touch in the film? Do you think it was just it, tacked on just to get the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man of, in?
1: It was kind of both.
0: Um, I mean, it was funny. Uh, it's you the know, whole. I- I like the cause... the attention to detail that they put into them into the marshmallow men and like you could see all different kind of facial expressions and yeah. they, they seem to be having fun They're getting stabbed by a cocktail umbrella. I and... think
1: that was a bit cartoony for my liking. Yeah. Because if you take the seriousness of yes, the first film was kind of taken really seriously but with a really absurd veneer because goes to the, the destructor takes a form of anything. And narrative wise, yes, it might work from a visual point where it manifests and goes to the nearest thing it remembers, which is the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. From such the nearest Walmart, basically, the nearest packet of Stay Puffed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense because that's just, or, that's just matter that, that, to an interdimensional being, surely that wouldn't make any sense. You could manifest anywhere as anything at any time, right? Mm-hmm. So why we'll go to a Walmart? <laughs> and seek out a pack of Stapoth Marshmallow man- Men just because marshmallow uh, Marshmallows just because you were once manifested as a hundred foot Stapoth Marshmallow Man I mean it, it's it's obviously it,
2: it's nostalgic as well yeah it's one of those
1: really like difficult things that you're like I see what you're doing
3: there but I mean okay. I, just, I just meant I just meant go, I
2: just meant uh, Goza is nostalgic you know it's yeah. just like She's, she's got a case on the member berries as well you know yeah just, can I just uh, say
1: what a performance from Olivia Wilde
0: yeah yeah she did really well didn't she was that Olivia Wilde
1: mate did you not know that
0: <laughs> no way <laughs> what?
2: Oh, <Mr. laughs> her as
0: well. just... what the
3: hell where, where have you been where,
1: where have you been <laughs> what <At> what <laughs> rock have you been under
3: don't Olivia fan- Wilde
1: played don't, 2021's version of Goza. Don't make me fancy Goza.
2: <laughs> I can see it now. It's been all, it's oh, been yeah. all over the
1: press material, even behind the scenes stuff of her in makeup Damn. and costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I can see it now. I can see
2: the old, oh, the old, the old jaw. dear God. Damn,
1: Rich is
0: learning lots of stuff to this 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 evening.
1: I was going to spam your our group chat full of stuff. <laughs> yeah, please, please carry never to be watched.
2: I, I lost my shit when guys are here, Oh yeah, this has gone full fucking crazy now. I, I love it. I'm here for it.
1: I lost my shit yeah. when you just hear you know Bill Murray shout, "Hey, flat top!"
3: I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> woo!" I think the whole cinema you can feel
1: like jolt forward. It's like everyone just went, oh, "What? This is a scene." Finally, we went to ours. It's just the whole, uh, we just
2: th- the whole you, are you a guard? And there's that pause. No, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. done, yeah, right. You know oh, this Ray. one, Ray. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know <laughs> what to say, Ray. You know what to so, say. We, I know we're skipping ahead now, but shit, man. Oh, oh
3: man. Uh, well, oh, man. We,
0: we, you know, we might as well talk about the veterans as uh, part of the cast. Um, you know, it was, uh, for, for me, I was quite annoyed because I managed to get to the day that I was going to go and see the film and I clicked on an article and then I saw the three of them in their suits. God's sake. Um, And I was like, shit, I've just fucking spoiled it on the day that I'm actually going to see it. And I'd missed... I have managed to avoid every single spoiler about the film uh, beforehand, so I was a bit pissed off about that. So, So when they did finally show up in the film, I was... It was still a moment. Um... But I, th- I think obviously seeing that took the shine off it a little bit. I, I uh, after the cinema, I, I did think about you and and Chris actually, and thinking like, oh my god, they must have been you must have been bursting to like just t- t- say something about this. Oh, um, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, so Ray um, and the and the other guys they they turn up to to help defeat Gozer. And um they're pretty good, wouldn't they? Yeah. You yeah. Know, they they step back into their characters like 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 they've never been away.
2: Mm. I don't think Aykroyd ever left his character. No. <laughs> the guy lives Ghostbusters every day, <laughs> but um but yeah, I thought Bill Murray, he wasn't phoning it in either, He was having fun with it. I mean and
0: when- I must sorry, I'm, and I must say, how fucking good does Ed, um Ernie Hudson look? He and he's like fucking out. He, he still looks about
3: forty-five.
2: Yeah. I don't I never know if this is a controversial um saying, but I always <laughs> say we, here, here black, black don't crack, you know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> the guy the guy looks fantastic, man. The guy the guy's always looked the guys but always he's, look fantastic. He staying yeah.
0: in shape. It's just right. yeah, I know, but he still looks so young. I yeah. mean, like he must be in his seventies, surely. But And I'm kinda loving how
2: they are making him like the Tony Stark of it all. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm gonna that, get ahead of again now, but yeah. he's the
0: financer who's that going, reveal oh. at the end. I
1: was just
2: like,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to the uh, post-credit scenes a bit <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, let
1: do it at last because that yeah. Jason yeah. Reitman just hands down, mate. You need a round of applause for that that double bluff.
0: Sure, um, you yeah,
1: beautiful genius, you. But
2: but yeah, the way they showed up. I mean, it, it. I guess it felt kind of a bit like oh there they are. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. I didn't know if I was yeah. completely happy with the way they showed up, at the same time. You want it to be just sudden Because yeah. if you're going to document them on screen You know, Ray calling Peter, Ray calling You know, Winston And then they're getting in a car and driving up to Fucking, fucking yeah, just, Where the fuck was, Nebraska whatever, It I just slows, <laughs> slows the film like yeah. you know, Way now too much all, You've destroyed the whole yeah. Moment of yeah. Oh
1: you do the, it's, yeah. yeah. You do the whole James Bond Fast travel sh- trick yeah. Oh, yeah. he's there Okay yeah your brain can fill in the gaps. You don't oh, need yeah, to know. We, we, had need this, to do,
0: yeah. we had that scene <coughs> earlier in the film where Phoebe called Ray from prison. <laughs> yeah. So we'd already had that kind of connection to Ray. So in some ways, we you know, because we'd had that connection between the two characters, them turning up near the, <coughs> excuse me, near the end, um, kind of made sense, didn't it? But like you say, yeah. it was still like, oh, that was quite good timing, guys. <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's. And I. It's, it's going to sound really, really weird. I would have kind of liked them to turn up at Egon's house and help the kids put all the stuff together to go out and fight this thing. Yeah. Being mm. the physicists and scientists that they actually are. But I think the payoff is better at the end when they're just the 11th hour heroes. And.
2: Mm. Um, I liked as well they didn't, like, take the shine off no. Phoebe. They Which didn't say is, yeah. Phoebe. It was her. She was... She kind of led it. I mean, she, you know, helped them to mm. defeat, you know, Gozo. It was just... It, they could have just come in and just kind of steamrolled everything they'd done with the kids. They didn't. It, Phoebe was still front and center, and they didn't, they didn't take away from her. They didn't detract, you know, oh, well, we're going to get nostalgia in now. So sod it to, you know, the new, the new team, you know, yeah. the new faces. It was, I, I appreciate that. So
1: it was just one of those things that I was like, so they almost have somehow got together to get their stuff from wherever their stuff was to suit up yeah, and get out there. Like Rich said, in the middle of fucking nowhere.
0: A bit so. in a bit. I bet, it so, took, um, I bet it took three three old guys quite a while to get that proton pack. To get like, that proton pack
1: and those harnesses <laughs> yeah. on, yeah. It's just like, whoa. Um, I just, yeah. It was just that, that moment where Winston's standing there on our immediate left or right, and he doesn't oh. see who's next to him. And then Ray happens to look over, and it's, it's great. He nudges Peter, and Peter's like, what? And Ray nod, nods, and look, he looks left. And then Peter nudges Winston. Winston's like, what? And they all look left while still holding this proton sh- proton beam. And then they're just kind of like, okay. Uh, and then they just turn back around again. <laughs> and they carry <laughs> on. It's beautifully shot. Because I'll... it's just so masterfully done because we're like, okay, yeah, that's a thing. We are expecting that. And <laughs> they even call it out. We wondered when you'd show up.
2: It's beautifully <laughs> I done. I will confess now that scene, I... Fucking sobbed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I don't, laughs> couldn't help it. Yeah. No, no. I don't blame sobbed.
0: you. Sobbed. Well, I mean, like you must consider the fact that you know we've never we haven't seen these characters in over you know in thirty two years. You know, yeah. the last time we saw these characters was in Ghostbusters 2, like in in, exactly. in in live action film. Yeah. And and here they are. They're they're back in a new you know in a new scene that they've got new lines they're, yeah and and they're there and it's just. It's kind of just a speechless moment, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Yeah. and it didn't need any words, and that's what I thought was lovely—that they didn't throw any words in until I think. Which one of them said? Was it? I wondered when you'd show up, and then it's revealed. Obviously, he's been there all along because at the very start of the film, the PKE meter starts to go off when Egon's obviously dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then PKE meter comes to life and it's telling the audience that Egon's not quite dead I <laughs> yeah. did I and then did that really lovely love... scene peppered through
2: oh with the when he's the, moving stuff playing the uh, chess the, and the moving, chess, yeah. la-
1: moving lamps to show people yeah
2: that was lovely
1: the grocery breadcrumbs
2: yeah that felt kind of It's a really nice old school touch you were saying you'd yeah. expect it in an older film and yeah. like an older family film, and I just, I yeah, it had so much heart. So I didn't feel it wasn't played in a weird, like, aloof, comical way. It was no, it was done very sweet, and yeah, I even down to like with his daughter as well. Like when she, he points the lamp at all the pictures yeah. of her, I was like, Jesus, mm. <laughs> just like, he was dead, but he wasn't uh, at the same time, yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when we got to the reveal of Egon. I know I kind of mentioned this to Chris in our little private WhatsApp chat we had. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jason, but you hadn't seen it. So no, that's you fine, mate. You no, weren't invited. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's fine. Even though I spoiled it for myself,
0: it was fine in the end. So. Uh, yeah.
2: But that reveal when Phoebe's um, throwing the stream and he's yeah. hand appears to steady her. To steady it, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, because no one saw
2: it coming. No. I didn't see it coming,
1: uh, at all. I deliberately muted um, hashtags and certain Instagram, Twitter accounts. And like you said, Rich, like all of a sudden this kind of blue glow force ghost hand comes down. And I'm like, well, what, what? We're actually going to see Egon. And I was like, oh, fuck, we are. Oh my God. He's kind of
2: like oh, crouched. What the hell? It's kind of like crouch squad beside her as well like yeah. someone would if they're like
0: teaching a kid to catch a ball or something yeah. it's just like
3: it's... oh my god oh my god yeah. I'm like
0: I'm crying <laughs> so much oh my god and I, th- I think it was really nice um when when he turned up that he didn't talk Oh yeah. that
1: was I said that uh, a Richards little um WhatsApp chat it was one of those things that skipped over the uncanny valley where Absolutely. your brain told your brain tells you that ain't right, even though it looks photo real, mm-hmm. your brain's like, there, that ain't real. Now, it's the same mistake they made with Rogue One. <laughs> right? Uh,
2: <okay.
1: laughs> that, no, 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 right. You've got this film, which is beautifully done. You have, um, working as a body double, you have, I think, Ivan Reitman and another stunt performer as Ghost Egon on, on, physically on set. By having him not say a word, A, you don't have to fight sound a lookalike or fight or get an AI to form words and voice, and also having him appear as a ghost rather than an actual full body physical person, that's where it works beautifully because you know it's not real, you know it's a ghost. Your brain tells you that it doesn't quite look like Egon because it shouldn't because it's his ghost.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: Whereas when it did Rogue One. Yes, dis- yes, show us your technology, but I've seen edits of Rogue One scenes where Tarkin works perfectly well and so much better in reflections and over the shoulder shots.
2: Yeah. Where you
1: do not see his full face. Because there are limitations to that technology. Yeah.
2: yeah. And
1: this one, this film used those limitations and used them masterfully. In- agreed. Just, just, yeah. Hands down, just fantastic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, and I'll just say one more last thing about this, the scene that we're talking about. because uh, this is just a couple of other bits about the film that I, I want us to talk about as well. Is, um, I really appreciate the way that they touched up the proton beam itself. Um, like when it was wrapped around Muncher or, or around Goza. And you could see like where they were actually, uh, especially Goza, was, where she was like, you could see she was grabbing hold of the proton yeah, beam. Yeah. And using it as that like a cool. uh, chain. Um, like- yeah. yeah, and trying to free herself from it, uh which obviously they couldn't do back in the eighties and I and just really appreciated those little touches.
1: It kind of yeah. adds a more physicality to those proton strips. Yeah. Like it's not just energy, it's a it's an energy you can manipulate and also like you said, Jason, you, you can always use as bungee cords and tie and ratchet tie downs. So to, <laughs> to grab onto and literally pull.
3: Hmm.
1: And that's kind of what they did in the Real Ghostbusters cartoon. They kind of—I think that was when it was established that that's what they could do with them, like like fishing rods, almost. Yeah. 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 And by use by her using that to her advantage it was a fantastic little touch.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate that. Um, but, but let's just rewind ourselves back um, to a bit further into the film, and um, I, just, I want us to just have a discussion about the the first like big action scene that we saw in in the film where they're obviously going after the muncher and they're just carving through the town um <laughs> and they and they you know Phoebe went out in the gunner seat from the from the car and you know we saw the mobile trap come out for the first time and all that kind of stuff
1: Can you stop breathing in my ear? No. You guys, this is kind of stupid. Are you sure you didn't see like a raccoon, or, like, a possum? There! Is that a...
3: Free-floating metal muncher. Definitely class five.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, what do we do?
2: Let's get what? Let me get a photo first. Right.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it has a gunner seat?
1: There's that Making the Gunner Seat cannon was just A nice little touch
0: yeah, And
1: the, it, the, the mechanics Of that
2: were beautiful
0: That that came just, from The cartoon didn't it
2: I think that was Extreme Ghostbusters Wasn't it Was it that, that Gunner Seat I thought the Gunner Seat Just originated from the toy I think Literally I think It's from the toy Like from the Real Ghostbusters toy It was never no, in the show
1: It was on the roof Of the toy Oh
2: well, It was wasn't it it was yeah, on the way it popped out at least it was yeah mm.
0: I, I did like that because when I, I saw it um and it, it's nice to ha- still have a kind of connection to ghostbusters and not just like have this well what should we do with the car that's something different just just to yeah. tack it on yeah. just yeah. you know that's,
1: speaking of tacking on this is like not it's not a tantrum but it's more of a because i've been taking on lots of behind the scenes stuff recently um there was lots of talk that Ghostbusters 2 would be ignored as canon and I'm
2: glad they didn't do that
0: no
3: no, no they, they didn't
2: the film's but fine
3: yes.
1: yeah there's Absolutely nothing wrong with it than, yes. more than
2: fine yeah
1: yeah. and all these fans are you know hurt people but it's just like it's just an enjoyable film enjoy what it is and people are yeah. saying like oh they're gonna you know Jason's disregarding Ghostbusters 2 as canon and Ecto-1 hasn't got the right license plate Or the right design and, oh, and you know You think to yourself And it's the same as Like I was talking about In our last recording About Star Trek fans Trying to fit rooms Inside a ship That doesn't even exist Come on guys Yeah Like Who, who <laughs> And it's the same kind of people For Ghostbusters fans though Whoever's listening Don't take this the wrong way We love you all We are you But Ghostbusters 2 takes place in 89, 90, depending on where you want to put that film in your own personal canon. Mm-hmm. So what about the stuff that's on top of Ecto 1? What if they decided after a couple of years when they're back in business and all's going well, do you know what? Let's take all that tacky crap off. We don't need it. Let's, let's put our old logos back and our old you know, equipment back. Okay. That's explained. Mm. Done. Yep. You haven't got to try and Sorry. retcon out why things look different and yeah. <laughs> just guys get over yourselves. They're using their old boiler suits. So what? They're not using the grey ones from Ghostbusters 2. They probably have loads of different variant uniforms for the love of God. Stop it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Life's too short. Oh. Life is too short. Uh. Oh,
1: people make me yeah. Oh.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, back to that scene. I really liked Muncher I thought he was a really yeah. cool kind of ghost. Um and seeing him like you know, repel the metal that he was eating into like a, a gun was yeah. pretty cool. That had a
2: kind of real Ghostbusters vibe to yeah. it. A really I was say larger that. than life kind yeah. of like he was a toy, like you were gonna press yeah. the back of him, he's gonna spit projectiles out. <laughs> yeah. I was like,
1: But they, I found they, this Did you catch that Easter egg? I saw it straight away. One of the one ghosts night, that, that comes one. out yeah, it comes out of one of the storefront windows. Yeah. And its eyeball follows it and goes back into its socket.
2: Yeah. That's yep.
1: a ghost, real Ghostbusters toy. Yeah. They 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 made Ghostbusters toys real and put them in this third film. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> it's insane.
2: Yeah, I appreciate and, that.
1: Like, you look at the production, look at the artwork they've released since the book's been wow. out. And they've kind of realised real Ghostbusters, ghosts from Extreme Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters as concept art for this film. But a lot of it didn't make it into the final cut. But yeah, the ghost had so much fun factor. I did love the like, um
2: the minor as well, but nod to the taxi driver. I, yes. I forgot about the minor.
1: Yeah. in the, <laughs> sitting in the diner, oh my god. And he just looks around with his like cap on and stuff like that. It's just a skeletal miner. Like, oh, that was a yeah. beautiful little callback. Yeah. And that was yeah. physical puppet, I believe, as well. Yes. Love, it.
0: Yeah. love it. Love it love, at it, least, it, love it. At
1: least the majority of it was physical. Yeah. Because it's yeah.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. No, I really enjoyed the just seeing Phoebe trying to actually just get control of this photon beam and and try and get this Muncher and and, and the elation of them catching it in the end was uh, was really just really just really fun. Good, um, good, good part of the film. Um, yeah,
1: instant, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of chatter say, "Oh, these kids figured all this stuff out well quick," and you're like, um, "Really." Not really, no, and yeah. So that Egon's granddaughter just happens to be a gifted, natural scientist. You know, so the kids can kids can figure stuff out. You don't need the, instruction yeah, the, manuals. They're pretty quick. No. <laughs> and also, if you if you see a nuclear reactor pack and a gun, and you see the YouTube videos, the archive videos. It's literally a matter of point and click and see what happens. That's, funnily enough, just how the Ghostbusters did it in the first film. They figured it out as (laughs) well. So (laughs) I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand why these People are like, oh, that shouldn't have happened. So uh, like, well, How long do you want this film to be? <laughs> yeah. Just, just enjoy it for what it is. You got your third yeah. Ghostbusters movie, and you bastards are still not fucking
0: happy. So people are never happy, Chris. <laughs> uh, <sighs> oh,
2: Phoebe, Phoebe's such a, a Mary Sue, you know. Just yeah.
0: Um. Well, let, um, I just wanted to discuss just one other thing before we move on to the pro, post-credit scenes and you know anything else that you might want to talk about. Uh, about Ghostbusters Afterlife, and that is about them bringing Gozer back as the main, you know, antagonist of the film. Um, I mean, well, obviously, nostalgia power here again with with bringing her back. Um, but do you think they could have done something different, or do you think I, this was the right move?
2: I mean, it, it makes safety net. You, you can, you can make the argument, oh, it's a redo, but it makes sense because it's meant to be this ritualistic thing happens every so, well, how many years. Of course, it's going to follow a similar pattern. It's going to be the same thing as they're like, going to fall into place. You're going to yeah. have the key master, the gatekeeper. It's not just a case of, it's not like, you know, The Force Awakens where it's just like, hey, it look, it's fucking a new hope again.
1: Yeah, it's a shot for shot remake, but yeah, it's going to have then, a window dressing and.
2: Yeah. This makes sense within the narrative that it should be to some degree a redo. Um, so i got, got no problem with it. I was losing my shit seeing Ivan Shandor, fucking J.J. Oh, J.J. Ivan Shandor. That was just like, oh. Uh, and seeing that like, the temple, like, oh my God, and Pterodogs. It's just, it was...
1: Yeah, the, the Shandor mine. I've got to say, what a set yeah. that is. Yeah. That yeah is. Set. Set. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> how much of it was digital or not but the way Egon rigged rigged those proton packs up as yeah. a safety net yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. just, awesome
1: yeah. I, I love seeing garage tech done well Back to the Future did it amazingly well Ghostbusters did it amazingly well the year before using what they had what they could buy from Radio Shack or aircraft graveyards but they knew how to use that equipment to make this new equipment by seeing it all jerry rigged like that was amazing and the, it's just, there's grain silos on the farm turned into massive capacitors to run the hundreds of ghost traps under the dirt. Yeah, yeah. it's Ooh, like, cool. It's like, oh my god, like, mm. <laughs> was it, was, just it was brilliant.
0: Good, it was just good to see some new ideas, wasn't it? With yeah. with the old tech. Yeah. yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah, I was I was a genius touch with safety yeah, I really bring didn't like go,
0: it. Bringing ghosts back?
1: No, no problem.
2: If you do it well.
1: <laughs> if you do it well.
0: Yeah. And, and, you
1: can do things badly, or you can, like Rich said, do a rehash or a redo and really hit those beats properly. But also, I think Egon had, or they all, all four of them probably had a connection to Goza because they fought it off. Because mm-hmm. obviously, it's not a she or a him or an it. It's it's a an interdimensional being, and it's just like naturally. Egon would have this fascination with uh, Tobin's Spirit Guide and the Shandor minds and ask the question, why was Eivor Shandor doing this stuff? What was his reasons? And by, by doing that, they've deepened that myth and lore of these films hmm. by having an off, off the cuff comment of some random guy building this uh, apartment block and going deeper down a rabbit hole and really fleshing out the background as to why and where and and how and going back there in this film was great by having Egon run there and try and protect the world yeah. from this hub of whatever Ivor Shandor's trying to get into this thing. And yes, Ivor Shandor was still alive. And how old was that
0: guy? Oh <laughs> right, it <did> really well,
3: very <laughs> good, very good. good.
1: In this glass coffin casket, and I. I didn't expect him to move And I was just like Whoa I didn't find out Until after the film That J.K. Simmons
0: Yes I was saying (laughs) uh, about Ernie Ernie Hudson looking good For his age (laughs) Yeah Indeed (laughs) Yeah Um, And
1: can we just talk Can we just please Just talk about Egon's ranch Farmhouse Sure Um, Guys Seriously What a set design
0: Sure. Yeah, they packed a lot into that into that set, especially like his little lab and, and with the fire hose, earth uh, fire hose, like the the fire pole um, to get down into the basement area, The
2: hidden basement oh. under the barn.
0: Yeah, I, don't, and, I just
2: love the entry to it when you've got the whole speech between uh, Ray and Winston um, as you go in, like the warning. Yeah, it's the whole speech about. Well, um, oh yeah, see yeah. That wording now. Yeah, it's when, yeah. In a, it's when they're in ecto in the first film. It just yeah.
1: I'm, I talk about God's style and stuff like that. and Yeah. Is that what
2: we're talking about? It's, um, oh, God, I've gone it's
1: blank It's the third,
0: third something or other, isn't it? Uh, shit. I, I know what you're talking about, Rich, and I can't... My brain is doing the same thing that yours is right now. <laughs> just can't quite get, get to it. But...
2: Okay. Uh, That's where they talk about religion. Um, yeah. Talking about
1: the plagues yeah that's talk about around. i' I seen you talk about but I can't I can't for life. me think of the words of it
0: no but yeah they put it on the uh the signs at the entrance to the farm didn't they yeah yeah but and it's just, um, like, I did quite like the little secret lab because they had all the spores and uh stuff that yeah. you know Egon would be you know enjoyed mucking around with and stuff like that
1: I mean yeah it's it's part of the whole research Egon was a scientist through and through and he finally found his true calling outside of that university.
2: Let's not forget the uh, and then, little <coughs> thing, the Crunch Bar Rapper and his... Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Amazing little thing. Was it the Crunch Bar <laughs> Rapper that... <laughs> it might he, be it. gave him a delivery. <laughs> yeah. I doubt yeah. it. but, but, but I'd like to think like, that's when he started his love of Crunch Bars and then he bought yeah, one like that week before he died. Yeah, so, but that's
1: that, that like lovely little background nugget of information where if you don't listen to the commentaries on the DVDs or, or whatever, Egon's original... Character had this thing for candy, it was his weakness. Yeah. It was his weakness to have sweet things because he'd never had it as a kid because his parents, I get the feeling, were kind of cold, logical kind of parents, you know, forcing their child into sciences and stuff. So that was his little vice was having these sweets oh. and snacks, which is why the firehouse and the containment unit basement, and even Egon's house is littered with packed boxes of cheez Its and Ritz crackers and Twinkie bars, and it's just a lovely little touch. If you if people have gone frame by frame on the digital copies of the film and picked out the set design, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, they, they did a really and good they, job.
1: They light the set down in that basement so beautifully, where it's a classic Hollywood trick where you you you've got a small enclosed set, but how do you make it look bigger and more mysterious? You underlight it, so you can't see what's behind some of the machinery. It's just darkness, mm. and it almost adds to this almost bigger on the inside void of a space that you just you can just disappear into. But Egon's workbench is just stunning. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The amount of stuff on that, that the attention to detail is insane. And like I said, if I if I send you links later, Jason, for Adam Savage's set walkthrough, and mm. um, they rebuilt this farmhouse on a soundstage. That's crazy. They built the one on location from scratch and then rebuilt it on a soundstage. That's amazing. The interior matched. Yeah. And like, um, I don't know if you guys have, you probably read the Back to the Future book, haven't you, Jason? Yes. Where they, they talk about, and also on the features of Back to the Future, where they talk about how optical effects were done by having one actor play multiple roles in one scene.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> don't get me wrong, that effect is old school, but, christ does that hold up in back to future part two better than any cg will get but the point i'm getting to is on the set it was it was a locked set no one could go in and move anything because the blocks they were filming in were taking place minutes or seconds apart from one another but in reality they were being filmed weeks or days apart from one another so nothing could be moved in the set and that was how they did the Back to the Future thing. The optical effect was just mm-hmm. don't move anything.
3: Yeah.
1: And the Please. symmetrical, the, the books stacked in the corner. Yeah.
0: That yeah, was a lovely little touch. The reference to the library, wasn't it? The <coughs> first, first yeah. Ghostbusters.
1: It's just, it's just such a beautiful set, and you can look at, you can, you can probably look for days and yeah. days yeah. and days at that set and not feel bored.
0: But it's, what would you? give you right arm wouldn't you to to get a tour around that set
1: oh if I if (laughs) I could work on one of those productions I've said before yeah one of my dreams was to always work in special effects and I've never been able to do it but if I could work on a film like that I'd I'd die very very happy (laughs) yeah absolutely and just it's stunning (laughs) yeah (laughs) every minute of it
0: so let's um let's have a quick chat about the post-credit scenes um you know time we're we're nearly up I guess so um (laughs) let's um but the post-credit scenes I knew they were there um I knew there was two of them so but I didn't know I I managed to uh, escape the spoilers for these post-credit scenes and so I was sitting in the cinema with my son I I took him to watch it as well and um we're waiting for the the credits to finish so we could get to the first mid Mid-credit scene, and then the word Sigourney Weaver came up, <laughs> and I was like, What? Where, where was she in the film? Yeah, and then, and well, then obviously, that though her name came up, and then like a few seconds later, it cut <coughs> to this first post-credit scene, and I was like, Oh my fucking god, yeah, you know, um, which I'm sure yeah. was exactly the same reaction yep. from you two. <laughs> also, also, as age,
2: well, we all know she has, but also, as aged brilliantly, I know, um, right? Oh,
0: yeah,
3: just
0: be amazing but what i mean what, what an amazing scene to think of um and to actually get done uh, it was just brilliant wasn't it just just to see just to see those two and how they are oh, was, you know and it like, to see the wedding ring on her finger yeah oh. and it was just it was just lovely wasn't it
2: yeah absolutely you can tell bill murray he got that warmth from him he was into mm. it he had yeah. energy he wasn't he's was having fun which is always nice to see with Bill. Um, yeah, it was a lovely scene, a lovely callback. And it was, yeah. yeah. I just,
1: just If anyone from the production is listening to this podcast, <laughs> like, just a uh, high five to yeah. the editors and Jason Wyman for having the balls and the idea to do that jump cut from the credits. Yeah. Because I did not see it coming. No. I sat there and it said, with, you know, the old guys... And it said, and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. What? And then <laughs> snap cut. It was literally just like, boom. Yep. There she is on screen like, what? Yep. Okay. Uh, we've got a... Uh, a
3: yeah, what ES- the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and the ESP kind of
1: card game <laughs> yes. going on. And I was done for... I was literally numb. I was just like, yeah. uh, that happened?
0: And then it was like, just, he was getting them all right. And that like she was yeah. going like, you know, you've marked these cards, haven't you? Yes, you know, <laughs> it just, just was, like Peter worked, you know?
1: It was that that knowing nod. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I oh, just that was masterfully. You know, that's I, how you do a jump cut and sure. you surprise millions of fans. And, <laughs> yeah,
0: and I, and I think I was still buzzing a little bit from the like the, right at the end of the of the main film, you know, where where they. Showed the actor one driving to New York, and then the Ghostbusters logo came up animated, and then they kicked into mm. the Ghostbusters song. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was like, "Fucking hell, this is great! What a great way to end the film, you know? Um, perfectly set off for a sequel." And uh, yeah, and then they threw this scene at me as well, and I was like, "Yeah, shit, <laughs> you know, yeah, well done, kudos, guys." And then, um, and then they threw this last scene at the end of the credits. And yet again, um, you know, you, you've said that Jason and the, and the producers and everyone else had balls to do a few things in this film. And I think they had big balls to do this as well, you know, to, to, to go back and use the deleted scene.
2: Oh, that was beautiful.
0: And yeah, I really appreciate that. I remember
2: hearing about that scene a long done. time ago. And yeah, wonderful.
0: And, and to set something up from that deleted scene uh, was mm-hmm. just uh, just great. It's just amazing. Um
1: Again it's it's deepening that lore and history, making it richer by just adding more stuff to the the roots of what we have. It's just a great idea to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um and,
0: and you know, and as as Rich mentioned earlier, you know, to turning Winston into like the Tony Stark of the Ghostbusters oh, world.
2: Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> he deserves god <laughs> damn it, 'cause he's the yeah. young yeah. You know, He's the redheaded stepchild of Ghostbusters. He was always yeah, my favorite in the real Ghostbusters. And, he doesn't
1: just yeah. work with these guys anymore. He is those yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. And that was beautifully done. Because I remember saying to Rich, and I said to a few people that I know as well, the way it's set up where Ray says, Oh, the old firehouse is a Starbucks now. Mm-hmm. And part of that doesn't make sense. And part of it makes a hell of a lot of sense that, say, Winston would say, Oh, it's a Starbucks now. But in reality, he's kept it all these years as part of the investment with the help of (laughs) Janine Melnitz.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's just completely
1: what? (laughs) It's
0: beautiful seeing
1: those two together in his office. It was just so nicely done.
2: Yeah.
0: It was just nice to see Annie again, wasn't it? (laughs) Because, like, she she, she was right at the beginning of the film, and I was like, oh, well, that's that then. Yeah.
1: and That's what I thought.
0: Oh, 30 seconds,
2: not even that. Like, oh, oh when he he redoes okay. the I got the tools and the talent line as well and then yeah. says about how I am the sex superior I'm like, Yeah what <laughs> you are. <laughs> damn right I'm damn yeah. right you are. Like,
3: oh
2: so good, so good.
0: Yeah. Oh. So um overall, you know, when when you look back at the whole film, I mean, I think some parts were rushed. I, I think the end was rushed a little bit maybe, I don't know. When I walked out, I, f- I felt like maybe the end was a little bit rushed, but I mean, in, in overall, they did a bloody fantastic job, didn't they?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: I mean, it, for, we we couldn't really have asked for anything more.
2: For me, it's comfortably my favourite of the sequels. Mm. I prefer to Ghostbusters 2, which is a tall order because I've got certain um, memories of <gasps> that film being my first cinema experience, so mm-hmm. I should I should have a degree of bias. But to me, this is like. The best sequel. It's yeah, mm. it d- did a cracking job,
0: and they've done a, they've done a really good job of like setting up sequels, yeah uh, to yeah. to a new to a new world of Ghostbusters.
3: Yeah, please yeah. do that. Please. and that was
2: that was, <laughs> that was the other sort
1: of uh, segue. Is like the Ghostbusters Firehouse when I heard in the film I was a Starbucks and I was like, oh no. And then you find out No it isn't And then you see Ecto 1 pull in And Winston kisses The hood of it And you're like Whoa What the hell Just happened <laughs> Yeah And it sets up Everything Because you You now know That they have The firehouse
2: Yeah And there was a red light At the end as well yes. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah And the containment <laughs> unit get, Just starts get beeping
1: <laughs> And you're just like Whoa Hang on a minute The containment unit Is still active Winston's been keeping This shit running and it just frees the universe up to do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just to carry yeah. on. They've still they've still got the ecto, they've still got the firehouse.
0: They've got the proton uh, packs. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just uh, and they've like, got they've got Phoebe to, to um to improve the technology yeah. to a modern to a modern and era. And by the
1: time if we ever do get a sequel, she's gonna be in her twenties by the time that comes around. Mm-hmm. Because
3: I think yeah. she's 15, Perfect. isn't she? The she's kind of 15, race. yeah.
2: So she'll yeah. age up nicely. Yeah. Yeah. she would be fantastic. Yeah. Just <coughs> please bring her back. And
3: Yeah.
2: I'd be happily see another team fall into place. I don't feel like it needs to be lucky. It doesn't need to be... I mean, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I want podcast, but you yeah, can leave yeah. Trevor and Lucky at the door. <laughs> I don't really give a shit about them. No. Get, get someone else. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think. No names popped to my head, but... Yeah. Them two, give it definitely. A few, give it
1: a few years and... You know, yeah, but we'll they have the bond
2: anyway. They are friends, whereas like you yeah. don't need the brother and the love interest. Yeah, it's like no. mm-hmm. they're they're the unit, them two. So build yeah. around them. We fight. kind of
1: had two films this year that have completely wiped the slate clean, almost to start again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They've incinerated James Bond.
0: <laughs> spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah, another spoiler there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, wow. yeah. So they have no. Um,
0: restrictions
1: No restrictions, yeah, yeah As to where to take that character Or that film franchise yeah. From now on they vaporised Craig's bond Move on
3: yeah. yeah They've
1: done the same with Ghostbusters They've left it so open-ended That we've got everything we need For sequels Whether they have the cast from this film Or not Just like mm-hmm. Rich said Keep Ernie Hudson Maybe Dan Aykroyd Bill Murray can do whatever the fuck Bill Murray wants to do Yeah we don't need. We do need Peter Venkman, but we also don't need all I that know, shit I mean, that he, that baggage that he brings with it. It's just like yeah, it's like a
0: whole. He he he. It'll be nice to see him again, but like you say, uh, they could make a perfectly good Ghostbusters film without him. Without him. Now. And I
1: think the fans, as butthurt as I'd be, would embrace it.
0: And it, and it's, although it's it's nice that they've done this film and they've kind of merged the new with the old. And you've kind of had that passing of the torch, I guess. Yeah. In Afterlife, uh, to to move on to a new generation of Ghostbusters, and we—I don't think we necessarily need to see the old, you know, the majority of them. I mean, obviously, they've they've kind of set up for Winston to be uh, a continuation part of a sequel. Oh, I'm
2: so happy mm-hmm. about that.
0: Yeah. Um. But and and that's fine. You still got that slight connection to the old Ghostbusters, but do we need to see the others again now?
1: No, no. I think no. only Hudson would be. He that guy, like I don't know what it is about the charisma that comes on the screen with some actors. He's just got that charisma. He's got the same yeah. charisma and energy that 1980s Eddie Murphy had. Yeah, and it's beautiful to see, and he's not lost it. Mm. He turns up and he says yes to all his conventions appearances and yes to all his like. So, Silly little gatherings and like uh, Ghostbusters fan meetups and stuff, and he's never been distant from the franchise. He embraces it because it made him what he is, and it's lovely yeah. that he comes back. and I would love to see him be the guy with Janine, who are the two c- yeah. c- CEOs of <laughs> this, Ghostbusters. This, <laughs> ghost, this new Ghostbusters <laughs> venture, and yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah, and Ray can be that that character that has all the information.
0: But like I say, I mean, For do they really need Ray? I mean, we've got well, Phoebe, no, and we've got a podcast.
1: Ray, Ray would be a perfect, um, like like we said earlier, exposition dump. Ray runs a bookshop, but also has a hand in helping the Ghostbusters do the research. They could go. Yeah, full he could on be someone sc- they go to yeah, if they
2: need. They could yeah, be, go that would full be full on
1: old school with Ray's occult books. He's got books in there that like are probably thousands oh, of years goodness. old. Right, that would be an amazing concept. And if anyone steals this concept, you
2: can get he's creating a really great. nice rich uh, world with this. I really yeah. like the idea of it. Like- yeah,
1: so you could have these guys coming in and going, um, right? So uh, we just encountered uh, this spirit or this demon or whatever, and Ray comes in and says, "Well, this is this guy," and slams a massive like tablet of a book on the table. Boom! He <laughs> makes sound like through. Giles from Buffett <laughs> Yeah, I, actually, I didn't even think about that, Jason. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, just thumbs through this book and slams his finger down and says, this is the guy you need and this is what you need to do. It'd be a great idea. Hmm. Now I've now I've thought about it. Yeah, that's kind of the um, concept of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But <laughs> think about that, what you could do with that.
2: Yeah. Would you keep some kind of um, connection to Egon in it as well? I mean, I wouldn't do the whole spirit thing now, have no. the uncanny Valley. thing. No. but that's, that's been if- done. Yeah, I wonder if you have any kind of scenes at all where Toby might just communicate with Phoebe, like through moving things, like
1: kind of keep. That uh,
2: if, um, I don't know.
1: I think it's been done. I yeah. think you see him, him ascend. Peace you see and, yeah. him ascend or or disappear. You, he's a, he's yeah. at peace.
2: He did, didn't he? Yeah, um, he kind of yeah, on I think it'll be. It'll,
1: it'll yeah. be nice, like when film series will have a picture on the wall in the I was background. about to say that, yeah. Just out of focus.
0: Yeah, just something like that, you know, um, a frame picture of him or something. Yeah. Or... Like,
1: like, like, for instance, prime example, No Time to Die had two oil paintings of previous actors who had played M on the wall. Mm-hmm. That was cool. In a very quick you miss it, you had Robert Brown's M from the Roger Moore Dalton era, and then you had Judy Dench. So just out of focus in the background for literally a second.
2: They weren't they made by tens that. of Sean Connery, like in a... <laughs> Kingdom of the oh, yeah. Skull. yeah, massive. And it's
1: not even just it's a publicity shot from another film. It's like
2: <laughs> But it's <also laughs> get images watermarked in the bottom yeah, corner of it.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, Google search Sean Connery. That'll do.
3: That'll
1: do. I can't remember what it's what That's it's a my shot dad.
3: from I can't remember what it's a
1: shot from. But yeah it's like no one takes photos like that in in, in the 40s. It's a picture from <laughs> I know, sorry, like... <laughs> in the 30s. It's like, Christ.
2: It's a publisher yeah. shot for Medicine Man or something. <laughs> oh,
1: God. God. It's just like, like, yeah, it, Ghostbusters 2016, yes, it has its fans. It has its non-fans. Uh, it has its neutral fans. Yeah. Which I'm kind of on the neutral side. Me too. Um, I didn't I've love it. A lot of... I didn't hate it. But Kate McKinnon, come on, guys! I could just watch two hours of her improv. The
2: I'm literally yeah, looking at. I've got anything. my, we have got my Funko Pop figure over on my shelf right now. So, <laughs> yeah, and my action figure from Hasbro. Yeah. So, I'm not obsessed, the whole, honest.
1: The wholesome Pop's actually up on my shelf as well. But just when you watch the improv on the Blu-ray and the on YouTube, that girl is phenomenal.
0: See, yeah. I've i think Sorry, I think I need to give this film another chance because I've watched Jason, it once and I thought it was what, shit and then I walked Jason, away. Jason,
1: what you want to do, you want to watch the B-roll footage of Kate McKinnon's improv. Just YouTube it up. There's 12 minutes alone of her hanging on the window ledge
0: of improv, <laughs> me.
1: improv lines. 12 minutes of that scene where she's on that window ledge of improv,ing different things to say.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's then pretty watch cool. that
1: film and ignore Melissa McCarthy. Yes, she's talented, but just ignore her and just watch Kristen Wiig and Kate
3: McKinnon. Mm. Okay,
0: I will.
2: It, it's it, with the whole, like, um what was it, Rowan thing. It, it does play like an episode of Real Ghostbusters to me. Yeah. That's why they treat it like it. If you treat it that way, if you look at it through that lens, it's perfectly inoffensive. It's, mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I think is a weird one. I can't quite yeah. get my... um. I don't know quite why I stand with how he does films. Some I mean, stuff's when
1: it good. Was, when it was first announced, I mean, I was one of them, and I'm not sure if you were, as i rich. You just said, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> I
2: was woke, kind woke of... Woke
1: culture is coming, and you're like, oh.
2: Nah, I've never been like that, no, and no, I was no, very I mean, neutral. Um, I mean,
1: in a way of not so much it was woke. I mean, in a way of there are certain films you don't touch to remake.
2: Yeah, yeah. There are no, certain... That's fair
1: there are certain lightning in a bottle moments that you you just don't go near. Sure. Ghostbusters I mean, if, is one of them. Jurassic Park is another. Yeah, back to the ever, future. I was going to
0: say, if you ever go back to back to the future, I'm going to personally go you, to America and yeah. slap the people in the face myself.
1: Yeah. Ghostbusters worked because of chemistry. Because these people knew each other from years before. It worked on a personal, intimate level. It just, it just happened. And... When you try and manufacture that, it doesn't quite land as well mm-hmm. as it should. It yeah. lands awkwardly and it lands forced and stiff. And that's exactly what happened with 2016. And it has happened with lots of, you could say, bands. You can look at manufactured bands and yes, they have 20 or 10 years worth of riches and fortune and hit after hit after hit. But then you look at bands like, say, Queen or The Who. And you're like, or Def Leopards, and you're like, these guys have known each other for years. They have so much history together that they just get on stage and just perfectly work together.
2: Well, I, I did like it's, that last. Um, I did like the last uh, Boyzone video where um, the ghost Stephen Gately appears at the end and uh, helps out. You know, <laughs>
0: sorry. <laughs> I always rely on you, Rich. I always rely yeah. on you, mate. That's <laughs> time we showed up
2: that's what Renan Keaton said sorry What <laughs> like, about I can't do the voice now so I was going oh, to <laughs> do a Renan Keaton voice you were going to so do a Renan Keaton voice but you've started
0: now you've got to finish it I can't do it uh, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> it's a little like
2: Sean Curry or something <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, <Bad> <laughs> I can't do it it's not working
0: I'll tell you get yourself up for your final comment maybe you could put it off then
2: sorry so um, yeah, I'll do my best. I'll I'll practice it in the background <laughs> while you guys
0: talk away. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I think that's pretty much it for for the, for the show. Um. I guess there's just one more question I want to ask you two. And um. I mean, was there a looking back at the whole film of Afterlife? I mean, was there a particular scene that you look back and think that was your favourite part of the film? Or was there that's, too many favourite parts?
2: That's kind of difficult to call. So I could look at it as the big um, grin in my face, or I could look at it as the I'm sobbing my eyes out. Yeah. I'm, I love my childhood. <laughs> it is, yeah, there's different criteria for what I like the most. Ah man, I kind of do want to say the moment we see Egon appear and he steadies uh-huh. Phoebe's proton stream and helps her. I was just like a wreck mm-hmm. at that moment. And it just yeah. It got the absolute desired response from me, and it mm. wasn't... It was done so tastefully and nice, and it just was f- flat-out beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would, probably would say that that, that scene. It yeah, really, it wasn't really overhand or either. Yeah.
1: You can have scenes like that where the ghosts may as well just go and sit and have tea and sandwiches and chat about the old times. You only know, when you, something's just yeah. so over- overcooked that you're just like, Yeah, <laughs> huh? yeah. Yeah, I just must, it's just great. I don't, I can't really pinpoint a favourite scene. I mean, obviously, it's going to be probably with the old guys or Egon or, or even, even the end scene really where you see that it's starting up again. So you, it's not ended. Mm. Yeah, you got this lovely carry on thing, and whether you do anything with Egon in the next one is lovely. thing. But do you know what I like? The best out of the whole film is probably this very subtle We Forgive You on from Bill Murray.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's no secret, obviously, those guys fell out when they were doing a couple of films together in the late 80s, early 90s. Was it
0: Groundhog Day, wasn't it?
1: I think it was Groundhog Day.
2: Well, they I think, like they like, literally reconciled, didn't they? Right as Harold Ramis was it was literally his deathbed, wasn't a like, week
1: before Harold died, maybe a yeah. month, I can't remember.
3: I mean, um,
1: where he yeah. Bill Murray was seen coming out of uh, Harold Ramis's uh, Manhattan apartment building, and uh, then it was just like years and years of feuding, and just they both fell out. I think they both had so much, so many different styles going on, or they wanted mm. so many different things that they just fell out as filmmakers and actors and producers that it never it never mended itself. And it's such a shame Mm -hmm. because you had the video game in between that fallout and obviously the guys are recording separately in recording studios, but it would have been nice to have them all in the same studio and bounce off each other. Yeah. But you can even see how kind of ill Harold was when he did these interviews for the video game. He was talking about going back and talking and stuff like that. And then it was just such a sad story where he just died very, very slowly and Bill made, it, made amends. And this lovely little moment of Bill Murray forgiving Howard Ramis on screen was worth the two-hour two wait. Just to see that lovely little subtle, I respect you, that was a great little touch. Even though Howard wasn't there, it was a nice touch from Bill Murray to do that and it just landed so beautifully.
0: That was, a, yeah, perfect, lovely uh, to look it in, you know, to see that and just to look mm. it in that way. Yeah, just a perfect, perfect, nice scene, mate. Good choice. Uh, well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. You are all wonderful people for doing so. Uh, if, if you want to hear more of me and Rich, then you can catch us over at the Dreamcast Years podcast and I can also be found hosting the playlist podcast for the Cross Players. You can find them on Twitter at Dreamcast Years and at the Cross Players. You can find a Linktree link in the show notes, which has all our links, including our website, Twitter handles and more. Speaking of the website, our brand new redesigned website will be going live over the weekend of the 18th of December. Lovingly created by our very own Tristan. I can't wait for you all to see it. And I think Tristan deserves a big round of applause for the hard work he has put into it. So let's give him a round of um, there's even an error page that he's put onto our website that uh, he said that 99% of people probably won't even see. But um, it, it's, it's a beautiful error page where he's put like an old school TV and like <laughs> it, it just plays like a random gif from like 90s TV shows or films. Awesome. Um, like the, the example he gave me was with Odo um, from DS9 on there with some... with a. Uh, one gift or another coverboard was now but uh, yeah <laughs> nice. so yeah it's, uh, he's, he's done a great job on it and we really appreciate the word that he's put into it so uh, yeah look out on Twitter uh, when it actually goes live I'll, uh, I'll stick a tweet out just so you can go and check it out um, final words guys um, before we leave
2: I wonder what it. Oh, I fucking do it. Sorry, <laughs> it's going to end up getting something offensive, and it won't be for Irish people. i as you said. I'm not going to try. Um, final. Down with
1: this. Down with this sort of.
0: thing oh, no, no. Uh, That's what I've got. Um, <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> Just think, you're talking Father Ted.
2: I want. Uh, I wonder what show shop. There <laughs> you go. That. Uh, so oh my god. Oh. Beat that, Chris. <laughs> I'm sure he
1: oh
2: could. god. I'm gonna do a spark post of uh I'll do a, I'll do a spark post of that scene later. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'll just give him a nice blue filter and have him floating <laughs> off into the sky. <laughs> And much oh, like Egon in the last bit, he yeah. said it best when he said nothing at all. Like- yeah, Rich, that was a
1: work of art. <laughs> <It was> like- <laughs> Did that just, like, come to you? They pay people thousands an hour to come up with that stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, I,
3: think I
0: it there. there. Um, yeah. uh,
1: last words for me, I don't know, Jason Reitman, you magnificent bastard.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, mate <laughs> Rest in peace, Harold
2: We yeah, love you And yeah, we miss like, you yeah. Every goddamn day exactly, exactly
1: And to everyone on the production crew You pulled off a good show
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely I can't wait f- to uh, sit down and watch it at home And so to the Gazarian Call me <laughs> Yeah
2: <laughs> Now that I know <laughs>
1: I sent your reaction live on mic What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beautiful uh, well, my name is Jason and you've been listening to What's Wrong With Wolfie, a 90s podcast to the max. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking.